it's about halfway into the month of the spookies. Yeah. And uh, you know, we like to we like to throw curveballs every now and then. You're That's used true. to the, or, you know, our fastballs, you know? Uh, high the high heat. Uh, in this baseball season. Brings me back to Yakuza and failing until I found out all of the baseball All the secrets. baseball tricks. So before you figure us out, we're throwing a curveball by not doing scary movies because we don't have any real set discipline when it comes to picking movies. No. And we're, we're, we're digging back into the work of Friedkin. Yeah. This would be the second film. Yeah, because Sorcerer. I feel like we did a third one of his, but... I mean, he didn't do To Live and Die in L.A., did he? He sure did. <laughs> That's it. That was the one. Hey. Another Bazinga. Another Friedkin film. El Maestro. Billy Friedkin. Yeah, Maestro. Because um, we still owe money to those Italians, so we have to say yep. Italian shit. Yep, yep. It's Cruising from 1980. It is starring Al Pacino. It's the first fucking name you see on the case. Right. Uh, you can pick up a... A real nice uh, arrow, arrow video um, re-release, 4K re-release of the film, and it's a it's a very nice transfer, overseen by Billy Boy Friedkin himself. Right. I really dig the the movie poster. The movie poster is really great, and even says a tagline of, "Al Pacino is cruising for a killer." He sure is. Sure is. And uh, what a cruise it is. And uh, just just to be clear here, cruising. Is a term that was used, perhaps not exclusively by, but in this film at least, it's used primarily by the gay men of New mm. York City in um, the late 70s, 79. 79 is when it was shot, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's used by them to basically, it's, it's picking up for sex, sexual acts. Yeah, just trying to find somebody to go around and have a little poke and a prod with. Just some, yeah, just have a fun time with your tumble. dude friends. So, and I lost my train of thought because I'm thinking, I'm thinking about those dudes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, one of the funnest things uh, about uh, the film that you kind of like, you told me about when we were watching was uh, like William Friedkin, like what he uh, did to actually like try and get um, the real feeling of say like New York's, uh, gay club scene. Yeah. Well, he was originally drawn to it. Um, there's a, was, I guess it was a collection of articles or maybe it was a novel. Yes. It was a novel by a journalist at the time who was covering a serial killer, a real serial killer. In like the sixties and seventies. Yes. Who, who was, was killing, uh, gay men in gay nightclubs in New York city. And, um, yeah. And then, uh, another, at first I, I think they like brought, I think Jerry Weintraub was the producer or something. I can't remember if it was him who brought it to his attention, but he had the screenplay and the story which he'd read, but he wasn't too interested in it at the time. However, if you know Billy from uh, Exorcist fame, yeah, uh, he had there was a there was an X-ray like technician's assistant who worked on that movie. He was in the All movie. Right. Yeah. Um. He uh, this guy I can't remember his name. Doesn't, I guess it's not that important, but yeah. he, uh, the, this x-ray assistant had killed somebody. Yeah, he just got tired of like using machines to see people's bones, so he wanted to see people's bones, you know, IRL. <laughs> that's one way of looking at it. I don't know. That's Yeah, I want your bones to be on the outside of your body. I'm sick, yeah, I'm sick of using all these machineries. And he found out about it, and he went to talk to him. And uh, I guess he asked him, like, 
did you do it? And he's like, yeah, I remember doing one, but there's like seven others that they want me to confess to, which I don't remember doing. Right. You know, typical police maneuvers. Yeah. Like they were basically giving him a deal. It's like, if you confess to these, you will get a lighter sentence. Because we can wipe our hands clean (laughs) of all these other awful, awful things. We can say we're doing a really good job. Yep. And then that means more money, by the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same, man. What can I tell you? Yeah, that's uh, too goddamn true. And it's uh, it's another one of those things, too, where um, it's an interesting story because it's not necessarily what you would um, what you would think. Like, it's not, say, like a terror act of someone who is, say, like, straight or maybe um like hiding their sexuality like not part of the scene at all Mm -hmm. you know just like tracking down people as they're leaving a gay club and like you know going total like uh, killer night stalker yeah and like you know just killing them and like leaving them brutally murdered it's like actually someone within the club scene is going out and like um trying to find their type and then after having Um, sometimes having, you know, some actual, like, sexual activities with them, then killing them. Other times just like, uh, yeah, I think you're hot, time to die. I'm just gonna get right to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, we're talking about all this, but yeah, the, so the whole backdrop of the film was based off a real detective who's actually in the movie, named, uh, Randy Jurgensen, who, like, straight up lived the movie. Yeah. Who, as Al Pacino does, went undercover in the gay S&M scene in uh, New York to uh, try and track him uncover down. and yeah uh, apprehend a killer yeah save some lives and uh in a and live a really terrifying life too but also you know obviously like dipping your toes into a lifestyle that doesn't really belong to you and you don't know how to fit yeah and it's also doing things to you quote unquote yeah. oh yeah very interesting and the reason though he didn't pick it uh, freaking didn't like pick the movie just because he thought that like he wasn't trying to make a statement on gay culture or anything. He just thought it'd be an interesting backdrop for a for a murder story. Yeah, and I mean honestly, it's it's incredibly effective and uh, really interesting to see Pacino in this more I would say absolutely like more reserved role. You know, there's and, only like a couple of scenes where even freaking was like, yeah, let him go full Pacino here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let him do trademark Pacino. And he did. He did an amazing job the whole time, but. Um, something else that I had said when we were watching was that every single time someone's on screen, they give like a masterful performance. Like every single person really added to every single scene, every single time. Like even like, yeah, like the bit players. Yeah. 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 Like the dude who was running the shell game, like the card shell game, Mm -hmm. all that. Yeah. That was every scene just feels so good. And there's not a damn thing that I would cut from it. Yeah, except uh, there were 40 minutes cut from this movie. Yeah, yeah, interestingly enough. And uh, according to uh, William Freakin, the footage is lost. It got got lost, which, I mean, when you learn of what it was, it's probably not hard to think of how it got lost because whoever was holding on to it probably didn't fucking want it. Yeah. The footage, so quick background, he filmed in these actual gay clubs. Yeah, who who owned these clubs? Uh, One of them that's featured prominently in the movie, I think it's called The Cockpit. I don't think it's around anymore, but it was in New York's like meatpacking meatpacking district. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Meatpacking. Do you get it? I'm mm. begging you to get this. Yeah, I think so. Okay, thank you. But it was owned by um, I can't remember the guy's name right now, but it was like oh, 
it was he was like a he was like a high ranking man like a capo. Moore? No, Uncle Moore was a bodyguard. Okay. Or like a hired muscle. Okay. He was owned by a, a like a capo. Okay. Or some kind yeah, of yeah. higher up in the uh, Gambino crime family. Great. Who freaking I guess was friends with. <laughs> like uh, he he said he'd have he'd had breakfast with him all the time and he 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 was he considered him a friend which shit that's cool I guess right. Um, he like asked him like I would like to shoot at your club. That's yeah. It also makes me like I mean I guess I'm getting most of my information from like The Sopranos, or, like Goodfellas, but it's like he would have had to have known that like you know what goes on in your club right. Right, yeah. I just say I have a more. Maybe they're like, you know what? God bless them. They're doing it. They're doing it in the behind the closed doors. I don't care. I don't care. Right. Just but also, you, you won't see me in there. But also, really easy way to move drugs and make a lot of fucking money too. That's true. And um, you know, if if people were say like so abhorred by gay culture and, and gay people, they're probably going to be absolutely terrified to go in and see two men kissing each other. Let alone, you know, like some of the groping each other. Suck each other off, pee on each other, whatever, whatever Water happens sports. to be. Yeah, whatever happens to be, uh, what trips your trigger. So yeah, he's like, "All right, I'll let you shoot there. I'll call, I'll call the manager and I'll tell him you're coming, and just yeah. make sure you show up at this time. You call him after this time, you tell him." And um, so yeah, he, he figured all that out, and he he went there a few times to scout the area out and just I think maybe do some shooting and probably talk a little bit. Yeah. He he brought up a pretty interesting story freaking did about going there with a bodyguard who just went by Uncle Mort. It's terrifying. And in like the commentary I listened to, he said like who is like who was alluded to have done some pretty terrible things. Right. Probably. When your name's just Uncle Mort. <clears throat> yeah, it was just like a big muscle dude. Or maybe like what passes for like criminal muscle, just probably like a really tall like beer gut guy. But yeah. like you still don't want to fuck with him because yeah, because he can still throw like two hundred and fifty pounds of uh, force behind his fist. Yeah, like just kill you with one punch. Yeah. And um, so yeah, and he said he recalled showing up there. These places would have theme nights, which is mm-hmm. also touched upon in the film. Yeah, they had like cop night. Yeah, he went on jockstrap night. I don't think I want to go on jockstrap. Can you imagine wearing a jockstrap for one? <laughs> yeah, in this day and age, no thank you. Yeah, no. They look so incredibly uncomfortable. This would be a good time if we had like a clothing deal we could do. Like, right, right. So here's what you could do is actually you can go to our Threadless store and yeah. you can get yourself a whole bunch of new threads. Uh, we don't have jockstraps, but we do have hoodies. Yeah. We have... Uh, Pretend we're really successful. We, yeah, yeah. And we're, we're out here shoving ads we, down we got, we got t-shirts. That we, we care got about. shorts. We got... I think we got sweatpants, Brian. Sure, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he goes in there and wearing nothing but a fucking jockstrap with the bodyguard, yeah. who is also wearing nothing but a jockstrap. Do you think, like, I ain't wearing no jockstrap. <laughs> like, right, right, yeah, yeah. I ain't going in there. Yeah. But no, he did. He was he was game. I imagine that when you've uh, done things that Uncle Mort has done, you're probably <laughs> like, very less, like, Hollywood mafioso and more like, I don't give a fuck about what they see or what they do, but... uh. You know, as soon as let him talk. touches me. Let him talk. Let him talk. Let's see what happens. Let I'll him talk. suck his head out his ass. Yeah. I'll suck his fucking dick so hard. <laughs> He's going to be <laughs> creaming and coming back every Tuesday. Yeah. Mm. And that's and that's that on that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thesis. Dead um, to right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Officer Slate. <laughs> what brings you out here? Oh, um, Wait, meat packing? Like, like, like uh, saran wrapping your meat? 
Or like tinfoil wrapping They're selling that meat. meat. They're chopping up that meat. Or like, do you mean like, like wrapping it up in parchment? Just trying to get to the fucking history of it, but that's fine. You'll see in the streets, there's just like meat hooks hanging in the middle of the street and like just gurney racks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's the meat district of New York is where all the meat, meat goes. Yeah. If you eat meat in New York, it came out of the packing district. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's yeah, every way you want to take it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, you said uh, Jock's Trap Night was not very much fun for him because nobody hit on him. Yeah. He's like, I was easily the least, the least handsome guy there. <laughs> I, 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 I haven't quite worked out my, um, my uh, Friedkin impression. Yeah. It was an interesting story that I wish to do. Like, something like that. <laughs> Close enough. I mean, at least he had um, he had the wits about him to actually go and maybe see, you know, these places and, like, actually go to real places with real people. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, most of the patrons of the bars in this movie and the clubs are actual patrons. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're not, like, paid. I mean, they're, I imagine they're probably compensated in some way to be right. in the film but like yeah they weren't actors except like the speaking people had speaking roles those were the actors but yeah and yet like no one does anything stupid like tries to like, like you know wave the ca- at the t- wave at the cameraman or get the camera at least it's not left in you like know, they like, like knew they were that. in yeah and they were i guess they were simply told to do whatever comes naturally yeah i mean like we see that a couple times in say um a bad lieutenant with uh you know, Harvey Keitel. We see like a, the the taxi dude like waving at the camera yeah. a couple times. The delivery guy at the very end, after a Harvey's character, you know, uh, reaches his untimely demise, and you know, spoilers. Like, yeah, oh my oh, god. <laughs> yeah, like for the, a thirty year old movie. The delivery guy with the uh, dolly. You know, he like looks back and points directly <laughs> at the camera. You fucking idiots! Look over there. It's a camera. What's yeah. wrong with you? Though I did, I did catch that one. Uh, that one dude actually got like he must have been taken aback. He got up the stairs at the train station, yeah, like, like sees the camera, like, and then like almost trips and happened. Almost that shit it, happens. Yeah, like it's it's funny because yeah, it's like you can't really plan for that, but it makes it feel more natural. It seems. And I can't remember if I mentioned it, but there's no set. Yeah, maybe they're all shot on location. I mean, obviously they dressed them up as they needed, but like. Yep. Um, everything was lit the way it was lit. Um, yeah, I thought that was really cool. The actual, actual locations, uh, the Ramble, which I believe is in, supposed to be in Central Park. Right, it's um, an area or section of Central Park, which is already a massive location anyway. So, like, you see it, and if if um, if someone just said like, "Oh yeah, it's Central Park," you'd be like, "Oh okay, yeah." And your mind fills in the rest of the area from any other... Like uh, Law and Order. Yeah, any was, movie, show, whatever, or your actual having been there. I was watching somebody play um, that, like, geocaching game. Oh, yeah, Or yeah. Uh, geolocation game where it just, yeah. like, drops you in, like, a random Google Street View. Oh, okay. And you have to guess where in, where in the country it is. Or I think oh, you can, wow. like, do the world even, but... I like There's, like, one I was like, this is Central Park. I've never fucking been there, but I know this is fucking Central Park. Right. And, yeah. It just has that fucking vibe. I've seen enough movies, TV shows, to know, like, Central Park. It has real estate in your brain. Yeah. So, like, that's that's the other thing, too, is that having zero experience in basically any gay bar, uh, other than, like, the rare errant burlesque show or drag show, Mm -hmm. uh, 
it's like you immediately almost feel like you're like, oh, yeah, I know this place because the atmosphere is so well maintained and just like well presented. Everything looks lived in because, it, you know, it was New York City in the 1970s yeah. slash early 80s. Yeah. Which, uh, which again, the term I've heard after watching Bad Lieutenant, pre-gentrified. Yes. There's yeah. a term for you. Um, this will be on the quiz. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, hope you're write writing that. Yeah, that shit down. Um, Take notes. But yeah, what else? Um, so, yeah, I think, I don't, I don't think I quite touched further on the uh, 40 minutes of deleted scenes. Correct. The, it was basically just, like, straight-up gay porn. Yeah, just It was cut from the movie. Just complete gay sex acts there's yeah i mean we'll get to some of those later on as we kind of touch upon some scenes in the film right yeah like i i feel like he definitely had those in there so that it'd be like okay yeah like that that's pretty (laughs) that's pretty up there right like he so like you're okay with this being in there though right? so yeah like i think i think he said he had to run run it back through sensors or like the mpa or um Ratings board or whatever the fuck. Right. They were calling it at the time, uh, like 50 times. Wow. 50 times, which I think is probably pretty typical for movies that have to get cut for that have any. It's, it's a common enough story for movies, especially back then. Right, yeah, especially, you know, having something, any anything like two men kissing that's going to be in a, in a fucking theater. Jesus Christ. Don't want to see that. Get that. I'm pretty... Well, <laughs> Um, have you seen, uh, Pacino's, uh, did a movie in the early seventies called Dog Day Afternoon. You familiar with that? No. I haven't watched it, but I believe the whole point is like, he robs a bank and I think John Cazale. Okay. He was in like five films before he died, tragically, unfortunately, but oh, no. all his performances were like fucking legendary. <sighs> he was in the Godfather one and two, Dog Day Afternoon, the Deer Hunter. There was a, wow. another one I can't think of right now, unfortunately, but. Nicholas Cage's wind talker. <laughs> no, he was dead before then. <laughs> Damn. But no, he was a yeah. He played Fredo in Godfather. Wow. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh my god. Anyways, he's a uh, like Al Pacino's like gay lover who's trying to. They're I think they're robbing the bank so that they can pay for like a sex change operation. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. That's like, and then and then Al Pacino's like Attica, Attica. <laughs> <laughs> it's like get that fucking guy out of here. It's just you know, it's yeah, you let Al Pacino scream on the street, which is just full Pacino. Yeah, that's yeah. you know that's what we want to see. Right, and in this film, he's like very much so reserved. He's like bottom of the totem pole as far as the police department goes, but happily married and like living a ordinary mundane life. Really, as far as we can see, yeah. Um, yeah. Interestingly enough, uh, Friedkin wanted uh, Richard Gere for the role. And apparently he was cast for it, huh. but I guess Al Pacino like caught one of the script. And he's like, "Gaia, I want to do it." Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Even though this is like late seventies, early eighties, Al Pacino, so he yeah. didn't he didn't quite have the Pacino voice that we all know and love. Right. And and you know, for the kids listening, this is of course uh, the same the one the same Dunkachino. <laughs> so this is him before all that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, you know, he doesn't sound like he hasn't cleared his throat in 30 years. Right, yeah, like he's got moths living in there. Yeah. yeah. Solidarity! <laughs> Solidarity! It's, it's, go watch, go watch so this. Good. Go watch this scene where he's yelling at all his, like, teamster goons from The Irishman. Also That's some acting right there. Film. That's some fucking acting right there. Yeah, and, like, it's just, it's just really cool to see him play a character that doesn't necessarily, like, drip Pacino. You know? Like, honestly, like... I mean, just Pacino some... looked nothing like Hoffa. Right, yeah. He looks nothing like him. He's still around. Thank fucking God. Yeah. He's out there. 
Yeah. I think he's going to be in, um, there's like a, oh yeah, he's going to be, he's in that like Gucci movie coming up with uh, yes. Adam Driver and fucking Lady Gaga. Yeah. Lady Gaga. Gaga. And I'm a Pacino, oh, I'm, an, I'm a Gucci too. Yeah. There you go. Gucci. Yeah, I don't know why they... Give why me all you got! <laughs> there's there's so many fucking, like, fashion designer movies coming out, man. It's also... That Gucci movie is also um, directed by Ridley Scott. What Who the did The fuck? Last Duel, which I just saw. A quick review. Uh, this is Brent's Movie Corner. Yeah, what's up, Brent? Uh, the Last Duel. How was 2021. it? 2021. Yeah? Um, Adam Driver, right? Yeah. Matt Damon? Matt, Matt Matthew Demonsky. Yeah, yeah, and Ben Affleck. He's in there. The Flack, and... Uh, I think uh, she'll be making big names. Well, if anybody fucking saw it, it only made like $5 million in its opening weekend. Oh. Yeah. I mean, there's a pandemic on. The movie got like no marketing. Yeah. I didn't even know it was coming out until I was uh, <laughs> attempting to buy tickets for Halloween Kills, and then we had to cancel last minute. But yeah, uh, Brent gives this two thumbs up. Out of how many thumbs does Brent have? 14. <laughs> but it's still good, though. I've never given more than two thumbs, so. Oh, damn, dude. I, I, I got to save my thumbs. Wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me you got two other, 12 other thumbs and you ain't been sharing them? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Let me shrimp them thumbs, boy. Let me get them thumbs. No, I just, I, you know, I had to assign an arbitrary rating to it because yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's reviewing, baby. How many Turok triangles? Let me let me just speed up to the part where you give it a an arbitrary ranking, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go go see ninety eight point nine percent. Not quite there, but is good. Speaking of ratings, uh, cruising. Yes. Has, I think like a it's like a rotten fifty percent. Yeah. And even lower uh, 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 user score. And IMDb I think has like a six point eight out of ten or some bullshit. Yeah. When the movie came out, it was, yeah. like, universally reviled. Oh, yeah. Like, everybody fucking hated What's it. What's fucked time. up is that its budget was $11 million, but uh, box office was 19 Yeah, I mean, I imagine the... I mean, I think he was... How many of those views were spite the, views? The Exorcist. There's yeah. also fun behind-the-scenes photos where he's at these bars, and he's, like, wearing an Exorcist shirt. Nice. <laughs> Freaking himself wearing an Exorcist shirt. That's pretty baller. If you follow him on Twitter... He, like, very occasionally when he's online, when yeah. he logs, I'm logging on to Twitter. I'm logging... No, no, I can't do the voice now. <laughs> it's gone. It's it gone. flew away. I logged on to Twitter. No. Um, we gotta move on. <laughs> gotta move on. I'll try again later. I'll, I'll open up the next episode with my, my perfect freaking, okay? Yeah, okay. yeah, I'll hold you to it. Okay. For sure. Um... Yeah, he'll, like, retweet articles talking about, like, The Exorcist, why it's still the best fucking movie of all time. <laughs> And uh, actually, uh, David Gordon Green, the guy who directed those new uh, Halloweens. Yeah. He's got a deal with, like, Bloomhouse to do three mm-hmm. a trilogy of Exorcist movies. Wow. And uh, there was, like, a rumor last year that Freakin' might have been involved, and he tweeted, like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. It's like, there's no amount of money on Earth that could get me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, so he's, 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 uh, he's very proud of what he's done. Right. With the first Exorcist. Kind of reminds me of, uh, like, Sigourney Weaver and uh, any Alien movies. She, she's like pretty protective of that role. Yeah, very much so. Or she takes a very like yeah. hands on. You could say that she has a mother role, right? Maybe a queen bitch role. Maybe, maybe she's got something on the inside. Quite possibly. Waiting to burst out. Chest, chest, Get it off your Chebs chest. Splurster. Yeah. 
So, um, freaking, yeah, um, I can't remember. So, like, meatpacking, like, uh, do you mean, like, rolling it? (laughs) (laughs) We're just circling back now. (laughs) Okay, yeah, so anyway, like, uh, Al Pacino goes undercover because he gets asked to. He's at the bottom of the totem pole. He's got zero experience. Which, Pacino basically, yeah, like, saw the role, and he was like, I want to do it. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, he brought it up to, like, the producer. He's like, yeah, well, we want the star power. Yeah. So, yes, if Pacino wants to fucking do it. Then we give it to him. Then we give it to Pacino. Yeah. But freaking really liked Richard Gere for a bit because he thought he played it with more ambiguity, whatever that really means. Right, yeah. He's like, I mean, in retrospect, uh, Pacino did a good job. And uh, he didn't really, in one of the um, commentaries I listened to, he didn't have a lot of respect for Pacino. Oh, really? There's one where, like, he's being interviewed by, um, do you have that case? Yeah, I would uh, actually like to. Get, yeah, way, absolutely. Way the fuck over there. Yeah. Hold on, folks. There you go, buddy. Film critic and broadcaster Mark Kermode. He uh, interviews him in one of these commentaries, and uh, you know it's a really good commentary. I'd recommend it if you're a person who listens to commentaries on movies. I think that if you were going to, this is definitely one two. It's really interesting, honestly. Yeah. Especially um, considering the fact that this is, like, about some real-life murders that happened. And, yeah, of course, I'm looking at the uh, Arrow video release, which has um, a, a commentary which he recorded, I'm guessing, for a DVD transfer in, like, 2000s. Yeah, and this is a 4K transfer straight from the negatives mm-hmm. that was overseen by Freakin. He even made, like, a stylistic change, at least one that I'm aware of. But yeah. But like, not to the detriment wow-y, or anything. Wow, wow, wow. It's, it's really, really nice. Uh, just that opening shot of Hudson Bay is like enough to just kind of like spin your head around. Um, cause you are looking at something that released in 1980, but it certainly does not look like it. Um, really even the, even the sound quality is very well cleaned up. And there's like, I mean, there's things in the movie that dated obviously, which we'll oh, get yeah. to, but, um, that's not the point. Another thing I wanted to bring up yeah. about that missing 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, though I guess I was talking about Mark Kermode, uh, interviewing freaking let me finish that first yeah i just got so much to get off my chest apparently yeah um yeah he's like he's asking he's like oh pacino doesn't really talk about this movie that much and then freaking goes like that's probably for the best he's not very articulate (laughs) (laughs) oh he's like oh he's like he's like yeah like uh he, he just He's like he said he respects him as an actor, but yeah, he's like, yeah, he's, like that's, passion that's, actor, but maybe not like the most the, articulate person. Yeah, yeah, he's that freaking. He's a character. I like yeah. him. I like yeah. him. Um, yeah, this is also keep in mind. Uh, this is uh, two films after Sorcerer. Right. Yeah. He did a movie called The Brinks Job in '78, which was about a bank robbery. Okay. Uh, these like criminals, they stole like. 1.2 million I'm getting my figures fucked up but 1.2 million from a bank right and uh the police spent 29 million dollars trying to track him down <laughs> and by the time they did there was only like 50,000 dollars left that they wow. were actually recovered <laughs> I guess wow. it's a movie about that yeah just like a just a total fuck up mm-hmm. uh, a massive bungle if you will so, so yeah, to sum that up yeah, yeah. The, the commentaries are really interesting the first one it's just him which is it's worth watching it He'll say some interesting stuff about the making of the movie. Yeah. Um, but that's more of that is in the second one with Mark Kermode. Um Really, the first one, he kind of just, like, sells the movie. Right. Essentially, as you're watching it, or, like, kind of, su- like, 
basically it's like he's selling you the screenplay. Right. Which kind of tells you what's going on in the scene and, like, why it's important. Like, what he was trying to achieve with that. Mm-hmm. Without giving away too much, obviously. Because this is very much a movie that's kind of meant to be uh, a bit of an open-ended thing. Oh, yeah. It, and uh, I, I think that it does that really well. It uh, kind of, you kind of left with a few more questions than answers. Yeah, which is okay, though, because they're, they're the right questions, I think. Yeah. I think that uh, the things that were the most important were touched on enough that you're able to make good assumptions or otherwise you have the answers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that it was overall like a really fun story. <laughs> and one of the commentaries, he's like, yeah, I just, I can't stand movies. They just fucking package these endings and yeah. just fucking some stupid, like feel good ending that explains everything. Right. And it's kind of funny because we've talked about other directors in the past that have said the exact opposite thing, where it's just like, say what the fuck you want to say, meme what you mean, and just put a fucking period at the end. You right. know, like there, I mean, obviously everyone has different stylistic choices, but however, like I really like Friedkin's, uh, movies, they, they tend to have really open-ended endings too. I mean, yeah, we like, almost covered at, killer Joe. Yeah. We, well, almost, we watched it. Yeah. Make sure you watch movies. If I'll tell my fellow content creators out there. Yeah, um, for sure. Make sure you just like, if you're doing movies, if you're doing games, make sure you play games or watch movies just for yourself once in a while. Right. Yeah. Don't, uh, it'll kill you. Don't just go into everything. Don't commodify your favorite things. Yep. Yep. I mean, you sh- like, I saw this movie because it was just on my shelf. I had bought it, and the trans was like, oh, shit, a freaking movie that's being released? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. And yeah. then it sat on my shelf for, like, two years. Right. And I was like, I'm going to watch that finally. Yeah. And I'm glad I did. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Let's, let's cover it. I don't know what the fuck else to do. Yeah, yeah. I watched it for myself. Yep. And then it's like, now we'll cover it. Yeah. I want Tyler to see this. Yeah. I'm Brent. Welcome to the show. Thirty minutes in. Here we go. <laughs> it's it's what we do. But yeah, no, is it was it was, uh, it was really fun. You know, like with uh, to live and die in LA with its ending. You know, kind of like almost like a baton pass, and you're kind of left to wonder like who this guy is becoming. And then you know you look at Sorcerer and like you're just kind of like fuck. You know, by the end of it, you're just like I'll have to show oh, you. Uh, I'll have to show you the wages of fear. Yeah, we talked about that in that episode. I still really want to see that. I have it. Um, so, like, as as far as this film goes, I think that uh, really, like, the most important parts for you to, like, kind of go in knowing is, like, Pacino is a, like, fucking just straight-up greenhorn on the force. Yeah, he's, like, fresh he's patrolman who gets called in simply because he looks like the killer's preferred body type. Yep, yep. He's got the dark, longer hair. He's got uh, dark eyes. He's kind of tan. Apparently they had to postpone shooting because Pacino tried getting a haircut to fit in with the style. Oh, really? And it just did not work. Oh, like bad haircut? Some, yeah, it was a bad haircut or it just wasn't translating well to the screen or some shit. But yeah, they had to postpone shooting because of... Yeah. Botched it! You botched it! You botched it! This yeah. is my livelihood! I'm sure he was screaming in the barbershop. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> also, something to, to look forward to is uh, if you if you want to see a lot of uh, oiled up oh, yeah, dude. man meat this packaged is a, tightly in this leathers. This is a progressive channel, so you know we want to give people of all walks of life what they would truly want to see yeah lots of working out just a bunch of dudes hanging out in sweaty clubs having a good time yeah you don't, you don't really see that time. anymore yeah you know as men we're you know we're told to be reserved you know yeah keep that shit bottled up yeah you know any 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 deviation from that's a fucking weakness for sure but you know 
No. Emotion is weakness. Yeah. Be an automaton. Work until you die. Yeah, that's... Feed your family. Yeah, you have a family. <laughs> um, I'll feed my cats my corpse when I die on the, uh, and like on the, the assembly uh, line. And um, the detect- like captain of the detectives, played by Paul Sorvino. Yeah, masterfully. Who, yeah, who you may know from uh, Goodfellas. He played Pauly. Um, he played the mob boss in C-Spot Run. Real ones now. <laughs> Real ones remember C spot. Where right? my yeah, where my C spot uh, run heads at. Sound off where in the comments below. My spot heads at. <laughs> Danny uh, David Arquette playing the mailman who befriends a police dog, <laughs> and then Steve Shrippa, who played Bobby Bacala from The Sopranos, is in it as a mob guy. Baklava, like my aunt used Bobby to Bacala. make. Bobby Bacala, yeah. And uh, the kid from Two and a Half Men's in it is the co- cool kid. No. No. I bet that kid still looks like a child. He looks like he has that weird... I'm not going to comment like, on that. Like, child face. He's hanging in there. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> this is a positive <laughs> network. Right. Dude, we were just talking about Crackhead Bob on, like, the last, the last time we got to hang out. Yeah, that's true. I can't remember if we were live, though. <laughs> I want that shirt. We were live. We we touched on that in the previous episode. I need some crackhead Bob shirt, dude. I Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. <laughs> Sprinkle a little of that snow in my pipe, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. So like basically this this uh this movie doesn't really pull any punches, not just with like the eroticism, but also like the violence. The violence is very much there. And that also reminds me of something I wanted to bring up. Yeah. This movie was pretty much under fucking attack. Oh, yeah. As it was being yeah. made when it came out. I think we said it was critically panned, reviled. Yeah. Um, there were, like, anti-gay people, like, harassing Al Pacino, which was, like, something that has never happened to him before. People, like, calling him, like, I'm not, the, the, yeah, F, yeah, the yeah. F gay word. Yeah. I don't want to say it on here, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, even, like, gay rights groups were mm-hmm. against it. It's like literally, and like they had a good sides. point. It's yeah. like, you know, this was like filmed in '79. Like the AIDS epidemic was starting, but it wasn't even called that yet. Nobody yeah. knew what the fuck it was. Yeah, and you know, nobody knew anything about AIDS except you know there was a lot of hysteria surrounding that, mm-hmm. and a lot of that was getting pinned on the gay community. Yeah. So yeah, you know, they didn't think this movie was the best foot forward for the gay community, so they were right. against it. But there were um. Uh, gay people in support of the film too because they're like you know these are people just consenting adults doing what they want living the life how they want to live it yeah and there's probably still quite a few people that were alive during the time in which this serial killer was going through and, and you know like they probably had friends die yeah. you know and I, had to attend I think several they, funerals and I, I do think they mentioned in one of the commentaries that a lot of the like extras in the clubs like did end up dying from AIDS wow so yeah it's pretty fucked up um, but another thing you said about um, the shot of the city in the beginning, it, yeah. And another thing that it it shows you like, as a lot of good movies do, they show you this you know time in a place that just isn't around anymore. Yeah, it's I mean there are still too. there's still gay clubs in New York, right? But like just a certain scene, you know, mm-hmm. um, that just doesn't exist anymore. And 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 the movie isn't. I don't I mean this is coming from a straight white guy's point of view, but it, right. it, it does not seem anti-gay in any way. 
No. Um, yeah, I mean, like, obviously. Even Freakin himself said that that was absolutely not his intention. Yeah. He just, he didn't even realize, he just thought, it, the, you know, the gay club scene would make a cool backdrop for a murder mystery. Right. And does, because, like, literally what other fucking Another movie thing, too, is that any time Would have done is, that back then. Yeah, and, like, any time there's, like, a, a gay interaction... Um, it's not reviled. Like, no one's like, ew, go away, Yeah. And, like, uh, no one's, like, straight up attacked for, Prob- like, how they dress or, or their orientation. <clears throat> um, probably the most sympathetic character in the story is, like, mm-hmm. a young gay man who, uh, Pacino's character, his name's Steve Nash, but when he's undercover, he's, uh... Steve Burns. Steve Burns. And when he's undercover, he's, uh, John Forbes. Yep. Um, who he befriends is John Forbes as he moves into his apartment in the West Village. Was that Terry? Uh, Ted Bailey. Ted Bailey. Played by yep. uh, Don Scardino. Yeah. Who I guess, uh, I think he uh, directed episodes of like 24 or something. Weird. He, he became like a director afterwards. Pretty accomplished one, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's probably the most like sympathetic character in the movie. Right. Um, even, uh, there's a part where like Al Pacino's character is like, "Hey, like I don't, I don't want to, I didn't like sign up to this just to like bust some gay people just because." Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not what I signed up. Like it was, it's it's sympathetic enough to like mm-hmm. to gay people. Like it's you know, it's not like oh gross everything's gross. Though there is a I think it was just meant to be like it was just meant to be disturbing, but. Maybe you saw it during, like, the murder scenes. Okay, yeah. When, like, there's a stabbing going on. Yeah. And it does, like, these subliminal cuts to, like, gay sex penetration. Yes. Yep. Like, because, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it's making a statement on, like, gay culture or life or anything. It was just, like, what the killer gets out of it. You know, it's release. And, yep. yeah, just, yeah. Exactly. It's, 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 I mean, it's, it's pretty striking visuals. I mean, it's some, just some damn good filmmaking. He's enjoying himself. He's getting a sexual gratification from it. He's a serial killer. Yeah, it's it's like you should take it as that rather than like, oh, it's a dominance thing. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. It's like, no, this is this is like one gay man doing it to another gay man. Like, it's it's sexual in that nature. Like he, this is how he gets off. Uh, of course, you know, making someone completely powerless and then doing it. Obviously, that's part of the dominance thing. But, um, yeah, I don't know, like, um, again, another, but you think, know, like, yeah, cishet uh, take is like, yeah, I don't, I didn't really see any issue here, but obviously I come from a place of massive privilege. I mean, you kind of just showed it as it was. I mean, they state and maintain that what they shot in these films was shit that was really going on. Yeah. You see in this film, uh-huh. uh, I mean, it's, it's edited as you don't see graphically what goes on, but... Right. A dude like Crisco fisting his arm. Yep. And then yeah, just performing a fisting act on a on a, on a gentleman in the club. Yeah. And it cuts back to it several times. Like yeah. he's like really reaching around in there. And yeah, I guess it's uh, at the point in the movie when uh, he gets very much ingrained into the into the into the scene. Yeah, yeah. Like he's definitely he's recognized to, at like, the bars. Yep. He's having a good time with the patrons. Yep. He's, he's huffing even... amyl nitrate and. Yeah, he's Dancing like his ass trying off. fucking club drugs and like fucking talking to everybody and yeah, yeah. He's uh he's definitely like gone in, you know, whereas before like at the beginning he's making simple mistakes like, you know, buying the wrong bandana <clears throat> or like putting the bandana in the wrong pocket or, you know, yeah. anything in general. Yeah, there's a 
and yeah, you see a lot of like just genuine acting in that, yeah. in that it's not acting is what I mean. Yeah. Because uh, they turn Pacino loose in these actual clubs. Right. So he's like walking around and himself actually witnessing a lot of these acts take place. Yeah. And it's not all fisting, <laughs> but like yeah, yeah. a lot of people like slap, like smacking each other and like right. touching up on each other. Or like a group of five people just making out. Yeah. Like, like just, just licking each other's nipples. Fondling each other's junk. Yeah. Yeah. Having a good time. Tickling, tickling your taint, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like there's so many and yeah, things he, going on all the time. He just has this like doe-eyed expression as he's yeah. like trying to like keep it together. Like, oh my god, I've never seen so many horny people in the same spot before. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I think uh, freaking said he like he loved the um, opposition to it. Yeah, because if you you know some more film history here, <laughs> uh, The Exorcist, uh-huh. that was like just like. Oh, that's a demon movie. That's a Satan movie. Yeah. I mean, it had this reputation, this yep. negative press. It only made it way more successful. Right. So I think like, that's what he was looking forward screaming, to. People screaming, crying, and crying. vomiting, crying. Pissing and shitting. And, and cumbing cum- and criming. Cumbing. Committing crimes Shit straight and, out of the theater. Even some farting, too. Yeah. But, yeah. If um, it had been shit and fart. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think he was kind of looking forward to, like, maybe another... But Something no, like that. that didn't happen for him. I think no. Freakin's always been kind of unlucky with. Well, he's had at least a couple of incidents where just movie releases don't quite pan out the way he wanted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can. Uh, what was um? Oh, was it one of his films that released around the same time as uh, Star Wars? That was Sorcerer. Yeah, Sorcerer. There's a funny meme and that's Sorcerer's like just so fucking good. It's like men with a time machine. It's like the yeah. Chad dude going back to tell Freakin not to release Sorcerer, right? Um, against Star Wars, and then it's mm-hmm. just him saying like, "Fuck you, fucking nerd. This movie can beat that nerd shit. Fuck off." <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> but yeah, nothing. I, I call it nerd shit, but I, I respect Star Wars. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, we got we got a little Nothing grogu up there, right up right up there, Brent. It's Gr- looking right at you. Grogu, he's judging me. He's gonna eat my eggs and commit <laughs> genocide. <laughs> oh, Grogu! He's gonna eat all my eggs. Yeah, I saw it. It happened. It really did. It was fucked up. Hashtag cancel Grogu. Right, but yeah, I don't know. I thought I, he was a cute baby Yoda. Didn't <laughs> know he committed all that genocide. Unfollowing now. <laughs> Fuck. Um. Yeah. Any final thoughts on uh, cruising? No, no. Um, <laughs> no final thoughts on cruising? Yeah, I have many thoughts, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's open-ended, right? Yeah. It's, you know, it shows... I mean, they shot in an actual fucking morgue. Yeah, that was fucked. Um, totally unsure if that was real human parts or animal parts or just props made from... I think the arm they dug up was a fake oh, one. Yeah, Unless yeah. they probably like, oh look, an uh, arm we actually found in the middle of the fucking Hudson River. Right, like how auspicious. Yeah, let's go ahead and use it for our film. Right. But uh, even uh, Randy Jurgensen, I think I mentioned his name, is in the movie. He was mm-hmm. in Sorcerer too. I think he might have been in the French Connection. He was one of the detectives, or maybe it was Sonny Grasso. But regardless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Paul Sorvino does a great job. Uh, I think her name's uh, Karen Allen. She plays uh, um, St- uh, Steve's uh, wife, like her girlfriend. Uh, I, I feel like he it. had a wedding ring on. Yeah, yeah, he probably did. Um, you know who plays plays the character really well? There's a lot of like 
oh, I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll see in this movie, like, James Ramar plays um, Ted Bailey's, like, roommate boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ed O'Neill plays one of the detectives. It's like, he went on to great success in Married with Children. That's not, that's also not a good freaking. No. <laughs> we'll listen to some after we're done, and you'll see. You'll see. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, oh, what else can we talk about? It's a great score. Oh, yeah. I loved the music for this film. And the great soundtrack. And it uh, didn't use uh, a lot of the clubs probably played a lot of disco music at the time, but I guess freaking really hated disco. Yeah. He did, he said quote that he didn't want it filthing up his film. Yeah, so he used germs. Yeah, he was like, well, it was pretty much like punk music at the time. Yeah, a lot of it was like punk, kind of. Yeah, like rock. I think there's like a Joan Jett song in there at some point. A lot of a lot of Willie Deville, who I think you'll you'll hear one of his songs here at some point. Or maybe he already did. <laughs> who knows? We never know. We don't plan that shit out. It just happens. It's all in my brain. Yeah. It comes out when it comes out. Yeah. He just takes his head off, he shakes it a little bit, and then we get an episode. Yeah, it's like, I could tell you more, but it's also, like, you just kind of be giving away too much in the movie. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean... Plus, like, you know, like, there's, there's, uh, it's, it's a really interesting story. It's a really interesting time in New York City, and it's an, um, underappreciated and, um, Certainly at the time. Yeah, and underknown, um, kind of era in American history too, you know, it's, it's part of gay culture. And like, you know, even, even if you are, you know, like a, a cis heterosexual human, you should probably pay attention to this. So you can kind of, uh, maybe broaden your scope, understand where people come from. Yeah. You can say that you understand gay people cause you watch cruising. <laughs> yeah. No. I know gay people. Okay. I watch cruising. Right. Yeah. Um, no, just, you don't need every fucking Jason Statham movie. You don't need every vanilla-ass Hollywood movie. Maybe just take a chance and watch something and maybe not be afraid of watching two dudes kiss a little bit. Go watch The Last Duel. Yeah, I mean, go I'll, watch I'll The think, Last Duel. I don't think any dudes kiss in it, but... Um, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm even, saying. Even the police are very much shown... It's, it's weird, because, like, they had a lot of technical advice on the movie, like, yeah. but with the actual detectives being in the movie... Yeah. But the police do not come out in a positive light. No. At all. Weird, right? Um like <laughs> like there's a scene I'm just gonna yeah. I mean if you listen this far, you're pretty much already being spoiled anyways, but well, they're in the middle of an interrogation of a guy that uh Steve um like brought in in like a in like a steam. He wrongly fingered him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Hey-o. laughs> um in the middle, just in the middle of the, the interrogation, they would bring out like a six foot six black man who's like wearing cut nothing as fuck, wearing nothing but a jock strap and a cowboy hat to yep. like slap him around. Yep. And yeah, according to them, that was real shit that they actually did. Right. Because if they had to explain that to a judge, the yeah, judge or would just a jury. Laugh. Yeah. You know? The judge would just laugh in their face and like tell them to get the fuck out of the here. The entire courtroom would just be like uproarious laughter. Yeah, and then plus it, you know, you absolutely throw the person off whether oh, yeah. they did it or not like yeah just it's like what the what the fuck yeah, yeah. it's a shock I'm, and it's so just a shock to the like, senses that's just like exactly what comes out of pacino's mouth yeah you know it's it's fantastic <laughs> he's like who is that guy 
And no one answered. Like, they yeah, just act like, like he never even came in. Yeah, like, yeah, it's great shit. Yeah, and it's it's not even telegraphed that it's about to happen. It's a really, really good time. But, yeah, I, I but just really it's enjoyed a good, that. Uh, yeah, and it's a good, um, like, look into, like, somebody losing their identity. Yes. Yeah, it's also a look into, like, what it's like to go undercover. Yeah, it's just, like... It's it's very much like implied that like it's there's like some gayness in Pacino's character that like right. he has he's like finally starting to acknowledge but right. and, and then again it's never he never goes says it like yeah, yeah I'm actually gay now right yeah it's just you know it's it you know you could read it as being implied that he's actually having some gay urges yeah and yeah it's 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 not like the focus of the movie it doesn't beat you over the head with like right it's just like. Yeah, like it's, it's not like society is just like going to welcome you with open arms. So like, hey, why don't you explore your sexuality and be open about it? You know what I mean? So it's like maybe Pacino's character just never had that chance or, you know, like idea or, you know, any sort of acceptance like that. And then when he is like thrown into the deep end of the pool, all of a sudden he's like, whoa. Or is it that, you know, his undercover identity has kind of started to bleed in? And then like the end of the movie itself is pretty nihilistic yeah um i mean it's like essentially say that nothing really changes and that you know even the main character himself may or may not be yep. a killer yep who knows i remember the first time i watched it like in the final confrontation scene yeah like i thought he like i, th- I thought the guy was the wrong guy oh yeah and yeah. then he just ended up stabbing him right and then yeah. like just totally got the wrong guy and they're about to just pin it all on him and end it i was like huh yeah. But no, like, it's kind of implied that, you know, he this guy was really fucked up. Oh, yeah. And he almost Pretty certainly did. fucked up. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, kind of, like, purposeful misdirection that the movie does, and I think it does it pretty well. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think that that part in and of itself is, is really interesting. And um, just kind of thinking back on, like, the last act of the film, just kind of rolling it around in my head. It's it's made it a lot more interesting, like the conversation in the park. Even um, one of the early scenes when um, he's laying in bed mm-hmm. with his wife, and then she mentions that like his father called. Yep. And then like he just kind of like zones out. It's like you can kind of see something like dark brewing. Yep. And then when you learn like the killer's relationship with his father. Yep. Uh, you can kind of see the parallels. Yeah, and then the conversation with the father in the park, like, mm. like, uh, like happened inside the killer's head. Right. At least, like, that's kind of how I read it. Yeah, yeah. And there's a there's a voice that's used during the killer slash killers. Yep. Um, that the father's voice has. Again, if you're listening this far, you're already you've already been spoiled. But right, it's still still worth seeing. It's a, a damn fine movie. Freaking. Freaking don't miss. He really doesn't. Except I guess they haven't really watched any of the movies they made in the 90s. Like, okay. I haven't watched Jade. Nah, same. It has uh, David Caruso in it. Ooh. From the CSI. From the, from the CSI. Looks like he was the wrong guy that got fingered. <laughs> Freddie fingered <laughs> this finger. Um, Can I get a couple more uh, pickles? Yeah. A little bit more uh, lettuce? Over here. But yeah, a uh, couple of uh, it's, it, I mean, yeah, it's 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 just kind of like a stark. I mean, he had a very uh, committed drive to make it just kind of as like a real portrayal as possible, and I think he did that. Yeah. You know, I can't say I was I was not part of the scene. I've never interacted with the NYPD. Yeah. None of that, but 
Um, yeah, it's just, it's a, I think, I feel like it kind of takes you into that time and you get a look at, at the time frame and the time period and just how things were back then. Like you could just call a college registrar office yeah, and make up whatever bullshit story you want to get information. You could just say you're a cop. Yeah. Like, Hey, I'm so-and-so's like father yep. or brother. Can you give me their address, Uncle phone Grandpa. number, tell me where the fuck they're at? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. One, one moment, one please. Moment. Here's all the information I have. There's their last known address. Yeah. Do you need their social? Yeah. <laughs> While yeah. we're at it. Yeah. It was uh, it was definitely really great. And I think that, um, you know, should you not actually go through with that kind of thing? You know, like if you don't make it feel like, you know, the, the time and place. <sighs> You're still left with like a pretty solid police procedure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think that the story could be miscommunicated. I guess that's what I was trying to get at there. It's it's uh, it's as much a uh, procedural, like, crime drama as much as it is, like, um, uh, even if it's not completely on purpose, but it's also a, a bit of a look into a culture mm-hmm. as well. And uh, it's one that we don't get even still today, you know, uh, say 30 years later. Right. 40. 40 now. Yeah. 1980. Don't you like? I shouldn't have said that. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, that it's it's something that I think um, is important. I guess is what I'm saying. It's like I actually do feel like this movie is a little important, uh, especially with it having like the you know this. Hey, some of this shit actually happened, and if you're not really up for like watching the movie, maybe track down the book. I don't know. Yeah, according to Freakin, it's he didn't really like it so much. Right. But. I don't know, that's his opinion, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I, I'm not really familiar with the writing. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I couldn't say I anything about the reporter either. Yeah. It's not... What he portrays, I think what he wanted to portray in the movie probably yeah. doesn't actually align with how it's portrayed in the in the stories in, in the, the stories, novel. Yeah. But yeah. Any other thing than that, I don't, I don't really know what else to say. I, w- I would say check out the... Once again, check out the Arrow video re-release of it if you can. Um, yeah, there's plenty of very like really actually really interesting special features and you get a uh, billy boys two commentaries That's solid yeah it's it's good shit it, it, it is one of those movies where like almost the making of it's almost it's like just as if not more interesting than the actual film itself right yeah kind of precedes itself and yeah it's 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 I would, it's absolutely worth taking a look at today absolutely man well i really appreciate you uh showing this to me and being adamant that we cover it on the <laughs> podcast, man, is uh, it was well worth every fucking moment of my time. I will say this is like the fifth time I've watched it. Yeah, in like about two weeks' time. Wow. And yeah, it, it was a movie that like once a day passed. Like mm-hmm. I, I just like it like kind of really hit me how much yeah, I really liked yeah. it. So reminds me of like me with Bad Lieutenant. It's just like <laughs> something that just kind of kept folding in on itself in my head for like two weeks. Yeah. Some. I like a movie that you know you, it's got to marinate a little bit. You yeah, know? yeah. I, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, working through all this like for the <laughs> next few days. But uh, otherwise, um, why you got to stream on Twitch, man? What are you doing? What are you doing? I almost did last night. I've been fucking with my um, flight stuff again. I might, so chill. I might do some World War One slash World War Two sim shit. That'd be good stuff. That would be good stuff. What's what's the Twitch handle? I know it's in the show notes, but say it out loud for me. That's uh, twitch.tv slash cyberbrand. Ain't you on Twitter, too? Don't you post dumb shit on Twitter? 
Yeah, DRB357, something. I just haven't gotten around changing. I had it since 2009. I made that account to follow Ed Boon for Mortal Kombat <laughs> updates. Hell yeah, dude! So, yeah. Now you get I was the, doing uh, it right. I was the doing Fabiano. Or whatever the so, fuck. I'll, I'll do all sorts of shit. Yeah, man. I, I, can, uh, I can look at all the other, like, actual film critics on Twitter. Yeah. And just, like, be, like, a kid pressing his face up against the window wanting in. Right. I just like to I just like to like follow you like I'm the uh, middle person and like the human centipede and I like to gobble up all your shit. Oh my memes. shit! Yeah, I love it. Uh, I myself, we have fun online. Yeah, we do. We do have no, fun online. <laughs> that's. I mean, like, I like logged out of Facebook and I was like, "What? Why haven't I just deleted this?" Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. Anytime I go on, it's just like nothing. Yep. I'll just post a dumb Another image. tragic, tragic try, bullshit. I'll try to make, like, a dumb, like... I, I, I try to be fun on there. Yeah. But I don't think anybody... Nobody gets me on there. <laughs> nobody gets me on Facebook. Like, you know what we need to do is we need to go over to Parlor. Yeah, do we? <laughs> I want to I sign up for uh, Trumpstruth.org. 1984 is real. Uh. Oh God! Peeling the calendar to reveal that it's nineteen eighty four. Oh my God! Did you know that you can't? There's somebody like going through the terms of service on that, uh-huh. and you can't even like disparage the website. Wow. Like that's part of the, like yeah, you can get in trouble if you do that. If you say like, hey, this website fucking sucks. Wait, yeah. no, no, you can't do that. This is true, folks. You can't do that. Yikes! As far as I I uh, go and am considered. Uh, I'm still streaming on Twitch as much as I can, still working a lot of hours. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm either, I'm either playing currently Pathfinder Wrath of, uh, the Righteous or Back for Blood with Brent when we can get a, a free fucking moment to game together. Yeah, we can play it maybe, like, a couple hours per week. Yep, exactly, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucking bad right now. Uh, I'm like most of the time sleepy, like old man sleepy, like fall asleep on the couch sleepy. We had plans to fucking game last weekend. <laughs> I messaged you like two days later at noon. I was like, hey man, uh, I, uh, it's been rough. <laughs> see, I've had this problem. I, I did good today, but I had this problem where I can't sleep when I want to. Yeah. And I can't stay awake when I want to. Yep. So it's just like. I'm just forced to, but otherwise, like, I just. Sure, I'll start I'll my day at four asleep. in the afternoon. Yeah, last Friday. It does Friday, not fucking matter. Last Friday, I fell asleep at 7. Aaron woke me up at 9 like, hey, do you want to wake up? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I slept. Leave me. I slept until 5 a.m. and was like, oh, time to start my entire fucking day. So I, I streamed some uh, some Pathfinder, and that's been great. You know, as someone who's literally just DM'd for 13 years and never gets to fucking play, it's like a fucking kid in the candy store. So if you want to see me just like scream about how happy I am to be playing anything, then uh, do that. Otherwise, um, we've got the uh, I've, I've uh, got the other podcast that I'm also a co-host on, which is Next to Nothing, that covers gaming news and uh, gaming reviews, tech news, yada yada. You can catch me harassing the chat. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. You can see me like literally uh, laughing with my mic turned off. Because I'd ruin the show otherwise because I'm reading shit that Brent's putting in the chat. You should put me on that show. I'll fuck it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. I don't have anything to promote. I I don't have any reason to be on there. I've got surprises and things to talk about, sir. But otherwise, (laughs) um, by the time that this goes out, you probably would have already missed it because as of uh, Saturday, October 24th. 
24th? Right? No, 23rd. 23rd. October 23rd uh, on uh, twitch.tv backslash Danny K. That'll be in the show notes. That's where you can watch Next to Nothing. Uh, there will also be a real play of the tabletop RPG uh, horror, They Stirred. And I will be playing a medic. Thank fuck. It's the best class. Anyway, um, yeah, all that and and more in the show notes and everywhere else. I would like to, yeah, uh, for once maybe drop a hint to what we'll be doing next. Ooh. Um, hopefully by before October is over. Yeah. Well, if at least made the episode, I don't know if it'll be out by the end. Right. But uh, there's a a film by a Polish director oh, that's man. been re-released, mm. and uh, I should hopefully be receiving. The Blu-ray pretty soon. In time I'm for us so to cover. excited, dude. I have heard nothing. Like, all of my film podcasts that I listen to have been doing nothing but talking about this. And I'm just sitting here, like, chewing my thumbs off, waiting. And then after that, there's a Nick Nicolas Cage movie that I think we need to cover. It's oh. been too long. So, we're going back into the realm of Cage. Oh, dude, I'm so stoked. I'm so, so stoked. Yeah, we're making we're making power moves here on podcast for two people. If you want, if you want us to advertise your ball shaving device, just let us know. Yeah, I'll even use it. You better you gotta pay up front. Yeah, seventy five dollars per ad space. We'll put it in the middle in the most inconvenient space. Of course, and we won't even cut away to it so that like you could just skip it. We're just gonna start talking about it right there. Yes, every ad would be cold. Yes. Cold red. Yeah. Enjoy that. But that's, you know, that's, that's the ways off. You could be our first lucky <laughs> investor. Yeah. 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 Give you... me extra euros to buy, to buy more minis made out of lead. Let me fucking like, uh, t- take a second mortgage out to pay for some crashing, uh, crypto currencies. <laughs> Yo, I heard Doge is doing good. To the fucking moon of my butthole. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, bro. <laughs> well, I think that about fucking does it this week. Yeah. 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 All right. That's it. Stay haunted. <laughs> Check you next time. <laughs> buy a new can of Crisco. Because <laughs> we cooking next week. Bye. Bye bye. Closing your eyes So you can see So you can see No, I don't care What they say is so